In the name of Jesus, amen. Years ago, I read a devotion written by some pastor for today's gospel text. Uh, But before telling you what he wrote, you need to know the context. So this pastor was part of a denomination that claims that the Bible isn't the word of God, uh, simply that it contains the word of God. Therefore, whenever the Bible doesn't make sense, they make it make sense in one way or another. For example, miracles are explained away completely so that the feeding of the 5,000 is a story about sharing and not really a miracle that Jesus did. Or that Jesus walking on water is simply an illusion and not him actually walking on water. Or th- so that Jonah is nothing more than a, a fable or a myth than something that actually happened. And so they do this with whatever text doesn't agree with our reason, our senses, and our feelings. So now that you know what this pastor was thinking and how he treated other texts of the Bible and how he did this other times... What do you suppose he did with today's gospel text? When a woman cries out for mercy for her demon-possessed daughter who is afflicted and Jesus completely ignores her like she doesn't even exist, what do you think this pastor said about it? When the woman cries out for help and Jesus says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, how do you think This pastor explained this. When the woman is weeping at the feet of Christ, pleading for his help and Jesus and and imploring him to help her. And Jesus simply says, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. How do you think that pastor handled these words? Well, like so many people who hear this text, the gospel lesson for today. The pastor did what most everyone does when they hear those words. He was offended by them. He was offended by Jesus. And so he said that Jesus was simply, this is the explanation, Jesus was simply having a bad day. And that even though it's not recorded in the Bible, Jesus must have said sorry at some point. And later he proved his remorse because he later healed her daughter as a way to make up for it. So to be sure, this isn't the only person who said something like this. A simple Google search will, and a scroll through social media is going to show you that, that this text makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable. Uh, one female Christian author wrote on Twitter that Jesus was being racist here. Someone else used this text as proof that Jesus was in fact fallible and that he was only a human. Someone else writes that it's about Jesus changing his mind and that we should learn to do the same. We should be open to changing our minds as well. Another said that this this woman, the Canaanite woman, taught Jesus how to be Jesus. That is, she taught him how to be nice and to kind uh, to strangers. So the excuses and the explanations for what's happening today in the gospel lesson are endless. And there are plenty of people who would love to take a pair of scissors And just cut this text right out of the Bible. To be honest, people want to do this with more than just this text, though. In fact, right before Jesus sees this Canaanite woman, uh, the, the, the context here is that Jesus previously rebuked the Pharisees for following their own traditions above the word of God. And then the disciples went up to Jesus and they said, Look, Jesus, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard what you said? Yeah. 
So many sit on the edge of their seats, waiting to run out of the doors the second anything rubs their ears the wrong way. Entire churches have stopped preaching and reading parts of Scripture simply because it's offensive. They've stopped preaching Genesis and how God created this world in six days simply because it's insulting to their college degrees and academia. Many have refused to affirm that marriage is the lifelong union between a man and a woman so that this world would have no reason to be outraged at the church. Many have left the church because they find the topic of Christ's suffering and death too gruesome and too offensive. Many leave because they hear the words of 1 Corinthians 11 when churches practice closed communion and they think it's the most offensive, unwelcoming, unloving thing imaginable. So they go to a church that cuts these words out of the Bible for them. Some cut the word of God out of their life entirely by storming out of the church when they hear something belittling. Others slowly draw away from the church, little by little, because they'd rather make the excuse for their sin and for their unbelief than repent. Time and time again, you see how when God's word is clearly spoken, so many scatter. So, what about you? What does God's word say that you don't like? What is it that Jesus has said that completely offends you? What part of the Bible makes you want to get up and walk right out? Is it that God created this world in six days? Is it that homosexuality is a sin? Is it that pornography kills faith? Is it that you shouldn't be yoked to an unbeliever? Is it that God hates divorce? Is it that life begins at conception? Is it that we shouldn't prevent ourselves from having children? Is it closed communion? Is it that women cannot be pastors or read lessons in church or distribute the Lord's Supper? Is it that men are to be the head of their household? Is it that gossip is a sin? Talking of others is a sin. Is it that you have to make things right with those whom you hurt? Is it that you have to repent and say sorry? What is it? And what is it that God has said that offends you? Even more than what God has said, what hasn't he said or done that offends you? What about God makes you angry with him? Is it that you've prayed for healing a thousand times, and yet God seems to be ignoring you? Is it that you've cried out and begged for his mercy, and God just seems to look the other way? Is it that you've wanted a better marriage and a family, but you see nothing change? Is it that you've been here in church your entire life, throwing your feet throwing yourself at the feet of Jesus, falling to your knees, begging for his help, and then you have nothing to show for it. What is it about God that offends you, that makes you angry, that makes you want to get up and walk away and never come back? What is it here in God's word that makes you say or think, if I hear pastor read or talk about blank this thing one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm never coming back. And I have to say, to be honest, many times there are sermons that I'm scared to preach 
simply because I know that someone will get offended and angry. Nevertheless, I preach them anyway, and then I pray for God's mercy. But whatever it is that offends you, or offends me, we find ourselves in good company next to a long list of people who don't like what Jesus has to say. So if we're being honest, this text makes us cringe. This Sunday makes us cringe. It's uncomfortable. Jesus ignored a woman who needed help. When she asked for help, he said, I came for other people. When she asked for mercy, he called her a dog. And what do Jesus' words mean? He can't possibly be saying what I hear him saying. Is that right? That's wrong. His words are clear and they're understandable and they mean exactly what he says. There's no hidden meaning in these words. There's no other way to interpret them in a nice way. Even Dr. Luther himself said, if Jesus spoke to me this way, the way he spoke to that woman, I would go running for the hills and weeping and never come back. So how many times do we get upset when it seems like Jesus ignores us? When our prayers aren't answered? When we get discouraged and want to give up? If Jesus were to come down from heaven right now and act this way in front of you and everyone else here today, how many of you would be tempted to stand up and say, I've had enough of this, I'm out, I'm leaving? Everyone is ready to run away at these words. Everyone is ready with an excuse at hand to to get rid of these words, to explain them away, ready to point their finger at Jesus and say he was in the wrong. Everyone is ready to be angry with him, uncomfortable with his word, ready to turn their back on him completely, completely offended at Jesus' words here today. Except for one. This Canaanite woman. No matter what Jesus said or did, this woman believed it without shrinking. She said amen to whatever he said. No matter how harsh his words seemed. When he ignored her, she followed him even more. When he called her a dog, she said, so be it, I'm a dog. It's true, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve to sit at the same table as anyone else. I don't deserve to be called a child, but I'm a dog. But, but Lord, I am your dog. I'm in your house and you're my master. So feed me the crumbs that fall from your table and that will be more than enough for me. And that's when Jesus looked at her and said, A woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you desire. So no matter how harsh Jesus sounded, He didn't do anything wrong. If his words sounded mean, so be it. But his words were true. He never misspoke or lied. And this woman knew that. She didn't let her feelings or her experience or her sadness or her dejection get in the way of her faith in him. She didn't let her sin or her sorrow take her eyes off of Jesus. She clung to him all the more even while she was being pushed away. As the entire world is cringing and holding their breath at Jesus' words, this woman doesn't even flinch. Even though Jesus said many jarring things, notice, that Jesus, notice what Jesus never said. He never said no. And she heard this. She knew it. When he calls her a dog, she doesn't defend herself. She doesn't make an excuse She doesn't get angry with Jesus or point to anyone else and say, look at them, they're worse than I am. 
She simply gives her full and hearty amen to it and keeps going. She'll be the dog. She'll take the crumbs. She'll take the scraps of his mercy. She reminds him that his promise is even for dogs, even for Gentiles, even for poor, miserable sinners. This is what great faith looks like. Faith that doesn't flee from God's word when it sounds harsh. Jesus' words sound extreme here, and his reaction to her from the get-go is cold and odd, but that's exactly the point. He's pushing her. This is a miracle in some sense that Jesus is using his divine attributes and his knowledge. He knows the faith that is in her, and he knows it better than she does, and he knows how to strengthen it. He knows what she can take. He knows what she can handle. He knows what she needs at that moment and what's for her good. She needed to be ignored. She needed to be pushed. She needed to be tried and rejected and demeaned. Also, that her faith would be strengthened all the more. God does the same for us. Today, he shows us that his word is true. No matter how harsh it might sound to your ears or how difficult it is for your flesh to accept. God's word cannot deceive you or lead you astray. His word will not push you away, but bring you closer. When you can't seem to get over what Jesus says or get past it, it's because you're still clinging to your sin and putting your hope in yourself. When you're offended at him, it's because you still, find, you still have this bit of pride in you. If we run away from him, it's because of our own sinful heart. But if we cling to him, even in the midst of the most difficult words, no matter how harsh or offensive they might seem, know that God is strengthening your faith. The faith he planted in you won't be moved by his word, but it becomes stronger. So when you hear these harsh and offensive words of Christ, he's teaching you to deny yourself and cling to him. So however you answered that at the beginning of the sermon of what offends you or what makes you want to get up and run away, it's that very thing that Jesus is using to make you deny yourself, deny your reason, your senses, your feelings and your experiences and to trust in him. He's teaching you to let go of whatever idol and false God you're clinging to and to throw yourself at his feet. And when you let go of these idols and false gods, And when you throw yourself at the feet of Jesus, there you'll find that his feet were already pierced for you. There you'll find that while you were offended and angry with him, he was forgiving every one of your sins. While your faith in him wavers day to day, his love for you never does. So learn to deny yourself and cling to him. Learn from this woman that what faith, great faith is. And learn from Christ that God knows how to strengthen your faith. Even if it doesn't seem like it in the moment. No matter how many times it seems like God has not answered your prayer. No matter how harsh and abrasive his word seems to you. No matter how many times it feels like God is against you. Don't despair. But cling to him all the more. Because this is exactly how he is drawing you near and how he's he's strengthening your faith. No matter how you feel rejected by God, your great faith knows that God will not reject you because he has already given you his son. 
So cry for his mercy and claim nothing for yourself. Kneel next to this poor woman and throw yourself at the feet of Jesus, saying amen to all of those same words, confessing that with all your might that you too are a poor, miserable sinner. When you hear the harsh word of the law call you unworthy, when you hear it disparage your sin and call you a dog, then pipe up with a hearty amen, knowing that God has mercy on you, not because of your worthiness, but because he loves you. So get over whatever hang-up you have with his word and trust that whatever he said is for your good. And remember his promise. Remember that even though you only deserve crumbs from his table, he has chosen to give you his entire life, his body and his blood that was pierced and shed for your transgressions. Remember that even though you're no better than a filthy dog in his house, He has chosen to treat you like his dear child. Remember that although he doesn't need to even listen to you or hear a word you say, he has promised to hear everything, to grant you everything according to his most gracious and holy will. So cling to Christ and remember his word. Hear the words of this hymn. Learn to mark God's wondrous dealing with the people that he loves. When his chastening, chastening hand are their feeling, then their faith the strongest proves. God is near and notes their tears. Though he answers not, he hears. Pray with faith for though he try you, no good thing can God deny you. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.